just like, there's something that needs to happen in our intros. Cause I feel like I'm about to do a dance or like, I don't know, do jumping jacks. The energy shifts. It really do, does. Do, 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 do. It like surges from my toes all the way up my legs, all the way up my belly, all the way through my boobs, up my shoulders. Oh, oh, all the way, all the way to all the nooks and crannies. All over. I feel it. It's the, it's the paranormal buzz coming through me, surging through. I like it. I'm into it. I'm here for it. And I think that maybe it's the ghost just showing the excitement through you. Maybe you're being like half taken over by a ghost every single time. That would be kind of fun. It would. A little scary if it were actually true, <laughs> which maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. Possession's not something to joke about. Sorry. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's what the possessed ghost is trying to say. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And I noticed that I that I think we've re- recorded from every single corner in both of our apartments because this is a new <laughs> angle I've never seen before. You've never seen. Now you're looking into my kitchen. It's yeah. because now I have a standing desk. I got real fancy. Fancy. My place of work had old desk tops that they were giving away from Mm. old standing desks so i was like i'm gonna take that for free and then just buy legs whoa for the desk and it's great so uh, maybe partway through this i'll start standing like a healthy person oh is it the one of the movable ones yeah (gasps) it's adjusted wow and it gets really high too like these legs they're long they i feel like if i had a pro basketball player in here (laughs) they could use my desk okay wow you feel i feel like i need to do that yeah I did. I tried to like use psychology on myself and out of the buttons one, two and three that you could preset, I made number one standing because I was like, my first choice should be to be standing. (laughs) So I'm trying to like label how great my choices are by by like first choice. Smart. I saw a video on TikTok that (laughs) reminded me of you. I should have sent it to you, but it's too far gone now because I'm never going to be able to refine it. But there's this woman who I don't know if she is writing her own passages or if she's finding them somewhere. But basically, she's got this like very beautiful, uh, easy to listen to voice. And she hmm. she doesn't have her face fully in the frame. It's kind of like half out. And she just reads these passages. And they're very Ooh. beautiful. They're very haunting. <gasps> and then she had one the other day. And this is the one that reminded me of you because she was essentially – talking about the importance of your life and about what you're doing and that you matter. And that if you were curious about, if you wanted to see what it was like for the Egyptians to build the pyramid, just know that if you traveled so many light years away because of the speed in which light travels and you could like take a telescope and, and look at earth, you could still watch that. So she was just saying like, essentially, Your life and your purpose and what you're doing, your work can be watched someplace, somewhere, sometime. So just know that you're important. Wow. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I was like, oh, this is so nice. She's great. I got to find, I got to find her. Yeah. Wait, I want to know who that is. I got to start giving usernames because I'm like, I saw this video of this person and it's just... I never give any credit. And it's hard to Google. There there have been a, quite a few times where post-recording, I'll just like try to Google the keywords you gave me and like the most random no things shock. come up. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to find it. Yeah. But liked it. And then I was like, oh, now I wish we could travel that far in, in the moment and re-look back at all of Ugh. these events. Time travel, dude. I feel like, yeah, the, the concept of like the fact that light takes so long to travel and like the light we're seeing in the stars right now is from... 
so many million years ago because that's how long it takes for the light to get to us is so mind-blowing and Mm -hmm. also makes you think like we are watching like history happen and unfold many years later on these stars and perhaps one of our past lives lived on one of those yeah and then so we are we are actively seeing it every night well, yeah was it was it called star seeds we just talked about this on the last encounters yeah star seeds star seeds yeah what if we were star seeds we we're aliens that is really interesting to think about the possibility of like your soul maybe traveling with the light <gasps> to another planet so it takes you however many years Millions. Whoa. I was thinking that more like you kind of exist like your past life and you are existing at one time just because like (gasps) it takes so long to travel. Ooh. Ooh. But that doesn't mean that's what's happening presently. So it's not really. It's more like the the idea of your past life is living with you. Yeah. But it does feel a little doppelganger-ish where it's like your reflection, the projection (gasps) of you is stamped on for Maybe that's where doppelgangers come from. Yeah. Maybe some weird like hologram type thing that has to do with space and time and wrinkles and things oh my we gosh. don't understand but constantly talk about. I can't tell if what we're saying is so smart or so dumb, but I'm so into it. I think it's all in between. Yeah. Who can judge? This is also an Encounters episode. So um, thank you oh, for yeah. joining us. Hello. We're here to read to you. Well, also <laughs> to do some rants and theorizing of the universe a little bit first, apparently. The the usual. But I will go first this time. Yes, please do, because I'm already struggling to speak and my brain is processing at an extremely low level, low speed. So you have to carry this one. Okay. <laughs> Get on my back. Okay. Come on. <laughs> and um, buckle in. All right. This is a story from our listener, Liz, and it's called, I Made Friends With My Ghost. Also, nightly UFOs over Oakland, question mark. Hey there, I'm Liz, a new phantom, but this is from 2018, so now you're as old as we are, right? Did we start in 2018? We're 17. <gasps> wow. We're even older. But she's, she's still a uh, resident phantom. Yeah, I hope. You, you gained tenure here. Yeah, so. it takes only two and a half years. That's the tenure program. I just binge every episode of your show. During daylight hours, I live... Kind of alone and have a lot of anxiety, so thank you for replacing all my normal murder burglar fears with exclusive worries (laughs) about black-eyed kids. They are very scary. (laughs) (laughs) But at least they have a set of rules that they stick to. By the way, my pronouns are they and or she, if this makes it onto the show, which it is. Thank you, Liz. Yeah, thank you. And also a reminder to everyone else, please send those to us, too. Yeah, we appreciate that a lot. Making mistakes. We don't want to. Yes. Anyway, I have a ghost. I've lived in the same cute little apartment in Oakland for six years and have rarely felt alone in it. My first roommate played Ouija a lot, and I think they did a good job of being respectful and following the rules. But that's also around when we started hearing stuff falling down or moving in rooms that we were not in. I never felt threatened, so I let Casper do his thing. It was kind of charming to have a friendly ghost around the house. Cut to last year. A couple was living with me, and one of them had a lot of negative stuff going on in her life, and as a result, almost never left the house. One night, I came home from work, and everything felt off. My roommates were gone, and the darkness inside the house felt too dark. I was filled with panic for no apparent reason, and the silence was deafening, as though someone had stuffed cotton balls in my ears. 
I turned on the living room light and it didn't feel bright enough, so I went to turn on my bedroom light. And I have to hit on the deafening silence point again. You know the cotton ball feeling? The silence hadn't lifted during this entire event, and you'll understand why that's important to note when you watch my attached videos. The better lit one is my bedroom, where I watched my light flicker in silence. I hopped onto the bed in order to get my steadily lit living room in frame. I then ran into my roommate's bedroom and took the second video before running to the couch where I sat terrified and thought it took my roommates and now it's going to kill me. Then I started live tweeting my conversation with the ghost. And (laughs) thank you so much to past Liz for making those tweets because I went back to find them while writing this and had totally forgotten that it was not just the lights. I also heard footsteps and rustling and I saw doors open and close and then lock on their own. I also noted that my cat, I got a cat at some point, his name is Garrus and he's handsome and a good boy, that Garrus was extremely asleep in a different room while all the things were moving. Great. Awesome. And then I tweeted about how I don't mind having a ghost, but he was scaring me very badly. Perhaps we can set some boundaries around spooking me and live together in peace. The bad feelings started going away and the silence started to feel more like quiet. I tried the lights and they were fine. Nothing like this ever happened again and I don't think it will. My ghost and I are friends and if I ever need to communicate that he's being a little too haunty, I just tweet about it and assume he's reading. (laughs) That's my ghost story. I timed it to check the length because I have a tendency to go long when I'm writing stuff. But here's some bonus UFO stuff about my city that I can find almost no info on. I mentioned that one of my roommates had a lot of negative stuff going on in her life. And another result of this is that she slowly grew nocturnal and obsessed with UFOs. She had YouTube videos about UFOs and aliens rolling on her TV about 12 to 14 hours a day. And she'd watch them while looking up other UFO stuff on her iPad. Being awake all night and honestly too nosy of a person, she started to notice that there was a light outside of her window over the Berkeley, Oakland Hills that would appear around 1 or 2 a.m. and move around for an hour or two every single night. She became obsessed with it and told me about how it followed patterns and would change shape and color to camouflage itself when planes flew by. (gasps) She took videos, weren't incredibly clear, having been filmed through a screen and closed window on an outdated iPad. But I could see a faint light and it was moving in a way that didn't look like a spotlight or a radio tower or a normal plane. She looked relentlessly for other people paying attention to this light and only ever found one person. And that person said it was actually one of three lights. I went and did some searches myself and found a couple of reports in the UFO database that line up with what she described. I guess I'm a little bit better at Google than she was. I'm wondering what the explanation for this is, since it's apparently a nightly activity that multiple people have witnessed over the years. One, obsessively. If there's a really easy explanation, I imagine more people would have at least said, hey, I saw this UFO and been corrected. But there are apparently three weird shifting lights that appear over my city every night, and no one talks about them. Thanks again for reading and for the show. I love it lots. And sorry if my videos are too freaky, especially the combo of me shooting them in portrait mode and not knowing how to use YouTube. Best Liz. So should we watch the videos now? We should watch the videos. Okay, I'm going to the creep, creepy blinking light. Okay, me too. Oh yeah, it's buzzing. It's blinking. The deafening silence, I totally hear it. The like cotton ball noise or feeling. Don't you get that? It does kind of feel like you're in a, like a vacuum. Right. You're in this void. 
And then and if I'm feeling that just by watching it, then I imagine experiencing it is probably like so much worse. Yeah. Ooh. But yeah, I mean, shivers. it's so funny, just like the situation. I mean, it's terrifying, Liz. I'm so sorry to laugh at your situation, but it is also very funny the way that the mind works and that we just like, especially when we're alone in situations like that, we just go down this like rabbit hole of the worst case scenario. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this ghost took my roommate and now it's coming for me and going to kill me. And I don't know what generation uh, or or what category Liz is in, but- I feel like this is the classic people tease Gen Z about this response where instead of, you know, like calling for help or or (laughs) calling a relative or something, you'll just make a video or you'll tweet about it. (laughs) You'll have some very public record. But I love the subliminal messages just like, oh, maybe the ghost is reading my tweets. This (laughs) is my like non-confrontational way of saying, leave me alone. It's like looking over her shoulder as she's typing them. Yeah. Oh, crying, being like, I get bullied. They think it's behind my back, but it's just because they can't see me. I'm right here. Oh, I totally, I don't know. I get the reporting it in some way or like recording or Mm -hmm. tweeting because then there's a record of it and if you all of a sudden disappear at least there's like some trail to follow whether it's video or even Mm -hmm. like multiple tweets hard to wipe things off of the internet i know that's that's why so many people i feel like use facebook live instagram Mm. all of those live things when there's something creepy happening to them because then the chances of someone seeing it someone being able to screenshot or or whatever is higher but i mean that's why when nick and i went hiking in arizona i told you the exact hike that we are on and yes. when we and i texted you right when we got back just so that in case i disappeared you would know did not disappear into a vortex yeah no portals no portals none for me sir ma'am this is reminding me that the ufo her alien or her her alien her alien <laughs> roommate <laughs> her alien roommate. well maybe her roommate is an alien and that's why she's so obsessed with aliens and ufos yeah. maybe she doesn't know maybe if we go back to the bennington triangle it's like yeah she was born <gasps> she was planted on earth and she's just having this calling because she doesn't understand who she is and she feels this big connection but i think it's really fascinating and it's reminding me of a listener story we recently read where the ufo was turning into a weather balloon because oh, yeah. the fact that this one was disguising itself and changing colors and shapes when planes would go by or any, uh, I guess, interference. Also, 1 to 2 a.m., I feel like, I mean, I, don't, I feel, it doesn't feel that late. But it's a very, it's so specific and it is like, sorry, like, uh, and it is in the dark. I mean, True. I think enough people are asleep at that point. You're right. Because I was thinking like 4 a.m., but in certain places, the sun is rising at 4 a.m. I was just thinking, I don't know. I feel like more people are awake and heading home at at 1 or 2. And so the risk of being seen is higher. And if it's cloaking itself, I thought maybe that risk was something it wanted to minimize. It takes time to abduct people and to like run the body scans and then put them back. So they can't do 3 a.m. because then they don't have enough time to do all that. And then people are waking up. By the time that they're done. And the spirits have already claimed 3 a.m. Yeah. They already booked that permanently. I bet that they have a very logical reason for 1 or 2 a.m. <laughs> well, we should ask them if we can sometime. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have one that's similar. This is from Sunny. And also, I love the way that Sunny writes his email because <laughs> he writes like he's just talking. And it's amazing. That's it's just best. a conversation with Sunny. Hi, gals and the ghoulist. 
<laughs> Feel free to use my name. My name is Sunny. So I am he and he is I. I'm a dude. Well, probably easier to just say that than what I said before. But <laughs> this is why I'm here. I'm writing you today. I live in a luxury apartment that has great amenities that I've never been able to use. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> Safe to say it's been very boring. Until April 3rd, around 9 p.m., fireworks started around the baseball stadium that I live very close to. I grab my phone because, hooray, there's finally some action, and I take some pictures and I record a video pretty quickly. I don't want to be the creepy guy recording outside on the patio. It's still an apartment, (laughs) so I record quick and then go back in. Anywho, I sent the video to my mom and the mother of my child, aka the best baby mama ever, and they ask what the floating light is around the fireworks. It's not moving like the fireworks. It's almost dancing and Hmm. dodging as if it's curious or it's playing with the fireworks. That's three, maybe technically four people if you include my daughter who saw this in the video. So how did all of us come to the same question individually? One text said, could it be a spirit? I said, poop, could it just be aliens? Who was I even thinking? Ghosts and demons at this point? So I immediately noped my way out. That lovely group chat. (laughs) Thank you for reading this. Have a great day and night. (laughs) Kid Cuddy voice. (laughs) Sunny. Um, Sunny, we need to see the video. Yeah, please send us that video. Very curious. I love the idea of aliens playing in fireworks because they're so curious by it. It, What a show. It's so cute. It is. And also, if they're going fireworks, even though they look like they're so high up, if you're ever in a high-rise apartment building or or hotel, or if you're in a plane, fireworks are actually so low to the ground. So to think that there was a UFO that was like that close to ground, just like zipping in and out is that that's abduction close. Well, I wish they were near me. So you need to start hanging out at baseball stadiums. I think that's the key. I just need to start lighting off fireworks by myself. Yeah. (laughs) From my rooftop. <laughs> uh, every night at 1 to 2 a.m., just fireworks in the sky. You live in L.A., you could probably get away with it. Yeah, I don't know that I want to risk it, but I don't know. I don't know. Is it worth the chance to be abducted? Maybe. Maybe. You know what? Maybe you don't have to just do continual fireworks. Maybe if just like once a month you go up, you light one firework Ooh. that goes in the shape of an alien. I'm like a lighthouse for aliens. So, or, or like abduct me written in the sky. Yeah. So this is going to be like, like, you know how lighthouses used to function as like the light and the wives would mm-hmm. go stand up there and the light shine the light to hope that their husbands were coming home soon. I will be yes. that for the aliens via fireworks. You'll be the beacon, the beacon of light, the beacon the of sky light for aliens. Wow, this is a new... See, this is how you get your internship that you want so badly on the spaceship. Well, that's a different one. This is my second internship I'm after. Okay. Which one? Well, okay. All right. I'm not going to ask questions. You can do whatever you want. This is more of like a life commitment that I'm looking for, whereas the other one is an internship. Remember when you said you would be willing to be on the the spaceship to Mars? Like you wanted to be. I still want to be. Do you still? Yes. Sabrina, that makes me really mad at you and sad because 
I don't want you to go. And I know you're not, but it also <laughs> makes me sad that you're considering there's a, that your brain is like, yes, I'm considering it, but there's literally no possibility that they would consider me. And so that's, what's so heartbreaking. So I should probably stop considering it to stop breaking my heart a little bit. You're not, you would never leave Leia. <laughs> that's true. Can you I bring me? Her? You would leave Nick. Wait, you would never leave Leia, Leia. in a cute little astronaut <laughs> outfit. Are you kidding? Now I want to go more. <laughs> Well, we need to get you one of those backpack carriers yeah. that has the bubble in the back because that's basically like a little spacecraft. Give her a little cat. oxygen tank. Oh, I did see on social media that you were walking her with a, a leash. Oh, I do. I do do that. See, she gets some outdoor she time. She does. Okay. I have a story from our listener, Brooklyn, called At Night They Play in the Hallway. And this one has like a ton of range of emotions that come with it. So I don't know. Hold on to your buds. Wow. Okay. Hey ladies, my name is Brooklyn and I love your podcast. You guys are so amazing and I look forward to every episode. Let's get into my story. One random Thursday, I called my mom to catch up. We talked a bit about odds and ends of a lot of different things, but I could tell she was on edge. So I asked her what was up. She told me something weird has happened and I knew she obviously meant paranormal. My mom's a complete badass and can handle herself. My mom's house has been broken into twice now, and both times she was home and took pride in showing them you don't mess with her. Seriously, she's a badass. However, mm-hmm. the only thing that puts her truly on edge is the ghosts in her house. One night, she awoke in a panic from a nightmare. Her fiancé also woke up and was trying to calm her down. The nightmare was particularly scary because it involved my sister, who passed away at a young age, and the day prior was the anniversary of her passing. So that day was especially hard on my mom. My mom was now somber and laid still in her bed, eyes closed, trying to fall back to sleep. There was a long stretch of silence until she heard what sounded like one of her fiance's kids run into her bedroom. This was a usual occurrence and it didn't surprise my mom at all. She pretended to be asleep to catch them in the act. She knew they were standing relatively close to her, especially when she heard the child let out a small, quiet giggle. Again, my mom, not phased, remained still with her eyes closed. My mom said aloud, okay, go back to sleep. And my mom then opened her eyes. My mom developed a cold sweat and realized there was no child in her room, at least that she could see. And in a hurry, whatever had run into that room quickly ran out and giggled until it reached the hallway. My mom shot into the hallway to check on the kids and they were all fast asleep. My mom, full of bewilderment, tried to shake it off and go back to bed. The next day, my mom and her fiancé were up late talking, and he stopped mid-sentence and shot out into the hallway. He came back into the room and asked, did you hear that? My mom hadn't. She had asked him to describe it, and he said it sounded like a giggle. Then, like the night before, it happened again, and this time they both heard it. The kids were all at their biological mother's house for the night, and there were no kids in the house at the time. I was so scared for her at this point, and then as if my memory knew this was the perfect time to remember a random ghost experience, I interrupted her and yelled, I have something to tell you. (laughs) So I began to tell her this story. When I lived with my mother, I remember one night I awoke from super bad cramps. It's important. I went to the bathroom to clean up from my monthly visit from my friend, and when I was done, I began to walk back to my room that was at the end of the hall. I made it to the door, and even though it was dark, I could see something out of the corner of my eye. I stopped and looked annoyingly over to examine what was so distracting. And standing less than a few feet from me was the perfectly sculpted shadow of a little kid. 
There were no distinguishing features, but the shadow silhouette was enough evidence for my 4 a.m. tired mind to conclude it was a small, skinny child. It didn't move, but I could tell they were having a staring contest with me. My cramps were occupying my entire mind, and being scared was not an option. So I got annoyed with it, just standing there, and I said, Oh, fuck, I don't care. And I walked into my room and tried to go back to bed. That was the first and only time the child had ever made itself known to me, and because I was worried about sharp pain, I stared them in the face and made it known that they did not concern me. My mom and I laughed nervously because I confirmed that she wasn't crazy, and she confirmed to me that I wasn't either. My mom interrupted me then to tell me that she hadn't said the scariest part yet. She went on to say that when her and her fiancé were standing in the hallway, they heard something crash downstairs. Upon getting downstairs to examine the layout, they could find nothing that had crashed. And this happened a lot with hearing crashes and finding nothing. As if this was the perfect distraction, they heard another loud bang from upstairs. In, you guessed it, the hallway. My mom was the first upstairs and quickly became terrified when she saw that the attic door that was located smack dab in the middle of the hallway had been opened. The evidence of its opening was the insulation that was caught all around the doorframe. My mom wasted no time and was already talking with 911 about a potential break-in, because you can never be too sure, especially with her track record. They arrived quickly, climbed up into the attic, and there was no evidence of a break-in and no evidence of a person being up in the attic ever because of the thick coat of dust that had consumed the floor of the attic. Anyway, keep up the great work and stay spooky, Brooklyn. Whoa. <laughs> This is, that last part really freaks me out because that is like, like the classic. Yeah. I feel like anyone who believes in spirits, it's always the, do I need to be concerned with a physical real world flesh and blood threat right now? Or is this something paranormal? Mm -hmm. And for something paranormal to look so much like a real intruder, I would be, my heart would be racing. Mm -hmm. And the sound like too, the giggling. Yeah. And it sets you up too to the next time. Like what if it is an intruder and you just are like, oh my God, it's that ghost again. And Brooklyn said that her mom has dealt with two break-ins already. So like two, too many, <laughs> way too many. But I mean, of course you would be afraid that there was going to be someone breaking in. And one of my biggest yeah. irrational, but not so irrational fears is someone living in like a crawl space or an attic of your home and you not knowing. Oh, I know that freaks me out. Just like people in the walls. Oh, so unsettling. I also, okay, to, to pivot a bit, but I'm interested in the timing of this experience for her mom because it was the day after the, or the evening of the anniversary of her daughter, Brooklyn's sisters mm -hmm. passing away which is so tragic. And I mean, is it possible her spirit is coming back once in a while? And like the giggling is just something, you know, all, all, although scary, is right. it just benign, you know? I, I don't know. And I don't know if she said it was a little boy or if I'm just filling in the blank and, and have the outline of a little boy in my head. But I feel like the fact that when Brooklyn was not feeling well and was super crampy and just kind of didn't have like a overwhelmingly warm, fuzzy feeling when seeing. It was more of like a lurking. Right. I'm not so sure that it is. They're staring at each other. Yeah. Right. And maybe maybe the reason for the timing is just that potentially with the anniversary of their mm -hmm. sibling slash child's death, they have a little bit more openness to them. Right. And so they're able to take in and see 
see things that normally they would not. Which then brings up the conversation we've had multiple times where it's like there are malevolent beings that know the emotional marker of that day and then, you know, mm-hmm. man- use that to manipulate their prey, per se. Oh, calling it prey. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what they view it as? I mean, it is predatory, though. It is. It's very predatory. It's very creepy. I just, I mean, I know children's giggles should should be heartwarming, but when it's a singular spirit, when it's dark, when you don't yeah. know what slash who they are, sometimes it's just, oh, gets under my skin. And the like running away, it'd be one thing if it giggled and then like was there because then you could like interact with it, but it's like mm-hmm. giggling and running away, which is something which almost is a little bit more ominous. Yeah. I don't know. But Brooklyn, this was sent to us almost three, three years ago now. So I'm curious, are there updates? Hello, what are the updates? Is it still haunted? Are you still seeing a child? <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, and any more like potential break-ins too. Yeah, I hope not. Break-ins slash mimicked break-ins with the spirit. Yeah. Okay. All right. I have an email from our listener, Kelsey. What's spooky, Sabrina <laughs> and Corinne? You are. I just wanted to start off. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to start off by saying I love the podcast. It's just the right dose of scary and funny and keeps me hooked. Anyway, I wanted to tell you girls about a time when I lived with my great-grandparents and got attacked by a dog (gasps) in the middle of the night. No. (gasps) No. When I saw this subject line that said haunted doll attack, I was like, (laughs) reading this during daylight. Wow. Growing up, I always thought that their house was creepy, mainly because of everything there that was so old. And I used to just automatically associate old things with haunted things. But when I moved in with them in middle school for a few years, my suspicions were confirmed. They lived in a three-bedroom, a 1940s home. I always told them that I thought their house was haunted, (laughs) but they convinced me time and time again that only one other family lived in this house before they bought it. No one died or anything. As we know, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't. There weren't any cemeteries nearby or anything super out of the ordinary. It was just an older house in an older neighborhood. I stayed in the guest bedroom, which I absolutely hated. It'd give me the heebie-jeebies, and I would have crazy scary nightmares every single night. I even began to have really bad nosebleeds where I would wake up in the middle of the night choking and my pillowcase would be (gasps) covered in blood. Oh my gosh. It should be noted that I am not someone who gets nosebleeds often. I would invite friends over to spend the night and even they would be super scared. One time, my friend actually called her parents to come pick her up in the middle of the night because we were so spooked. Oh my gosh. I started sleeping with a lamp on, and really, that's all I could do. I mostly just laid in bed terrified every single night until I finally fell asleep. No. So sad. One day, I had just gotten out of the shower when I walked back to my room. In the room was a bed, and at the foot of the bed was this long wooden table that had tons of pictures of all of our family members sitting on top of it. As I was going to pull up my pants... In unison, every single picture frame fell face down onto the table. There was no way that I could have knocked them over because I was nowhere near the table. I got so scared that I threw my pants into the corner and I ran outside. I sat on the curb, pantsless, all day until my (laughs) great-grandpa showed up. I told him what had happened and when we came back inside to check, all of the frames were standing up again. My great-grandpa told me that I probably had just imagined it or I accidentally bumped it and I needed to stop being so scared of the back room. But after that, I was freaked and I ended up sleeping on the couch in the living room for the rest of the time that I lived there. Oh my gosh. This is where it gets good. So I was having all of these nightmares and I tend to be a very vivid dreamer, 
but I was having dreams where I would be running through the bushes and wake up with scratches all over my body, or I would get injured in some way and I would wake up with bruises and be sore. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's really freaky. Makes me think that she was actually doing that at night. Yeah. Ooh. My great grandmother loved little old dolls and she had tons of them around her house. At the foot of the couch was an old grandfather clock and underneath the grandfather clock was a small bench where a three foot boy and girl doll sat. I always got spooked out by them. So before I went to sleep, I would turn them around. (laughs) So one night I fall asleep on the couch and I wake up in the middle of the night to the clock making a weird sound. I rolled over trying to ignore it and to go back to sleep, but it wouldn't stop. And so finally I get up to check it out. As I'm standing in front of the clock, I hear whispering coming from below me. As soon as I look down, I feel what felt like a small porcelain hand (gasps) wrap around my ankle and pull me down. No. I hit the floor hard. (gasps) And the next thing I know, it's morning. And my great grandpa is standing over me asking me why I was sleeping on the floor. Oh. I opened my eyes and there I was on the floor in front of the clock with my feet facing the little dolls. And they were turned back around so that they were facing me. I literally screamed and I told my great-grandpa everything. But once again, he said I would probably had just dreamt it and sleptwalk. It should be noted also that I have never sleptwalked in my entire life. To this day, I am convinced that that doll grabbed my ankle and pulled me down. I felt so scared. Either I stayed in a creepy picture frame falling back room or I get attacked by dolls in the middle of the night. It was a lose-lose situation. Seriously. Yes. The strangest part about all of this is that neither of my great-grandparents ever experienced anything odd. It was just me. Nothing else major happened after that incident, but I would still have these crazy dreams, the nosebleeds, and get extremely eerie feelings and be scared constantly. I even went around the house and took pictures every single weekend and would get tons of random glowing orbs in them. Later, I found out that my great-grandmother was actually half Cherokee, Caddo natives used to inhabit the land where my hometown is located, but they were run out by the Cherokee. There were Caddo burial grounds located all throughout the town, and I haven't been able to find any specific details on if one was located where my grandparents' house was built. This strange boy that I used to hang out with in the neighborhood said that this was a site, but again, it's not confirmed. My grandmother had breast cancer at an early age and died in my great-grandmother's bedroom but I believe she's my spirit guide and I've actually spoken and interacted with her multiple times and it's always very loving and positive. Either way, whatever it may be, that house is freaky and I'm (laughs) glad I no longer live there. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Hopefully I can hear you guys discuss it on the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. Y'all are amazing. Until next time, see you on the other side, Kelsey. Oh, Kelsey, you are a survivor. You survived a doll attack. Oh, just the word porcelain is making it worse because <laughs> it's like, it's not even like moldable plastic. It is freaking porcelain. Like it should shatter. It shouldn't be able to move and grip around you. Yeah. I also, this like also has weird, it, like, tones of alien abduction stories and the way that like the thing touched her and then she pulled her to the ground and next thing she knows is she woke up and her grandfather was standing over her and asking her why she was sleeping there like there's time missing which makes me then think what if kelsey was i don't know sleepwalking with these ghoulish dolls for the nights to come and has no memory of it similar to how she has no memory of what happened after the doll touched her. Oh, maybe every night she went into the doll's trance because the doll touched her, and then right 
Or every night the clock would strike and it would trigger this sleepwalking. And then the dolls had realized that she was actually awake and did something to... Because they were whispering. So they were communing about something. Yeah. They were conspiring. (gasps) Yes. So clearly they did something because whatever her reaction was was out of the out of the ordinary from what they must have been used to to seeing. But what's so freaky too is that uh, that they they turned themselves around. So my impression is that when Kelsey would turn them to not face her in the morning, they would still be where she put them. Yeah, because otherwise she'd know that they were haunted right mm-hmm. away. And just the the fact that she wakes up with the bruises, the scratches after having dreams of running through brush and getting injured. It's happening in real life. It's <gasps> happening. Ah! Especially because she's in the living room. Like, she is that much closer to the front door to being able to be outside. That is really freaky. That is so scary. I need... Kelsey, can you check the bottom of your feet and, like, see if they're black, if they're full She doesn't dirt? live there anymore. They wouldn't still be. She's never washed her feet since that night. <laughs> I was just thinking that, like, after, you know, you could see. Right, you right. You could see. Have you been outside? There's a... That plays prominently in Pet Cemetery, which is Stephen King's book or novel. The main character has nightmares of the pet cemetery, but then wakes up and has like mud all over his feet and in the bed. And it's like, oh, you were going there in in your sleep. It's absolutely the worst. I like how you thought of that. And I was thinking of when Helga sleepwalks into Arnold's Arnold's house, apartment, condo. Hey, at least it's not a Spongebob reference. It's not. But Hey Arnold was arguably one of the scariest children's cartoons. I still think about the show was a horror show for kids. Yeah, I didn't watch it all that much. Oh, it was terrifying. It was so scary. And I only watched it during the day and it still gives me nightmares. I think about certain scenes. Oh, there are a lot of children's shows that are nightmarish. Barney. Really dark. Teletubbies. Like those are nightmare inducing things. But for some reason, they're children's show. Although I still really want that sludge that the Teletubbies would put into a cup. I want to drink that. Ew. It looks so good. (laughs) You, I mean, I'm sure you could look up Teletubby Sludge and yeah. try to make it. Let's see. If you want to feel old right now, I recently saw a, a video of the Teletubbies baby as an adult now. Whoa. It's a moment to feel a little bit old. SNL did that in one of the sketches. It was like a Regina King sketch. And it's very funny. It's about her taking like weed gummies by accident. Mm-hmm. And then the like weed gummies come to life and are like dancing. And the son grows up or the son is also the face of the Teletubby guy. And he's like, but I'm all grown up now. This is just what I look like now. <laughs> I'm not explaining it right, but it's very it funny. Sounds trippy. I need to watch it. But it's called The Negotiator. And she's she's supposed to be the person who goes to crime scenes to try to talk the criminal down. But she accidentally ate weed gummies. What a freaking nightmare. I know. I'm sure it's funny, but <laughs> <laughs> like if that were a real scenario, like my God. So creepy. I know. This is called The Time I Had Sex with a Ghost. (laughs) Well, hello. (laughs) And this reminded me quite a lot of Conchetta Bertoldi's story because it seems positive. Wow. Hello, girls. My name is Samantha, but since there are so many, you can call me Nangelica or Nan. I've just listened to episode 37 and the memories just seem to flow back into me. I don't even know where to begin. I don't usually volunteer my time for ghost sex, obviously, (laughs) and I never see them. I only see shadows in the corner of my eye, and I more tend to feel them. 
I don't really feel them fully because they visit me in my sleep, but I'm kind of glad I don't have the full effect. I can't even imagine seeing my ghostly lovers, but I'm very in tune to my guides and my guide told me that there isn't just one ghostly lover, but two, and they visit me regularly. They rotate their shifts and I will wake with bruises on my thighs. Thankfully, they don't know my fetishes to know where the bruises really should be. Winky face, LOL. There isn't anything too crazy there, but there is this one time where one of them saw me laying in bed and I felt watched and I couldn't figure out why, but I felt very warm, like I needed to undress and naturally because I can't sleep in the warmth and because my psoriasis can't stand it, I took off my shirt. So in a bra and shorts, I could feel my female body parts tingling and I am no stranger to that feeling, but this was not done by my own hands and my fiancé was not staying over that night. They also only seem to visit when he isn't around. Well, that's it. Thanks for reading. See you on the other side, Nan. My gosh, wow. Well, it seems it's not requested, and she doesn't seem like necessarily a active participant, that it's, yeah, it's somewhat enjoyable when it does happen. Or, I mean, she doesn't feel one way or the other, yeah. And there's no hard rejection. It's just like, oh, how interesting that this is happening yeah. and the tingles. And-, and she's having relations with ghosts, which is such yeah. a strange and I'm sure bizarre thing for even her to wrap her mind around. I am curious. My one concern is the waking up with bruises. Like, is this happening to you when you're asleep? I need to know. Oh, I don't need to know. You don't need to tell me anything. But I don't want, I don't want injury to happen right. to anyone. Yes, that is the weird part. I am curious, Nan, if this is something you don't want, I wonder if you'd be able to communicate with your spirit guides and find ways to get rid of it. Or if you like it, then good for you. Enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if your fiance is not spending the night, you still have <laughs> ample opportunity to feel good. It does remind me of how Conchetta was saying like that one of the times that she had this experience, it felt like it was with the spirit of someone that she in a past life wasn't was in love with or married mm, to mm-hmm. and then who oh then there's that story of the woman who left her fiance or got caught cheating on her fiance with the spirit yes where the her fiance was walking up to their apartment and saw the house literally the outline like the, of a man the shadow of a man in their apartment and she said that she had she herself had never seen the mm-hmm. man in in form so like the guy the ghost showed himself to like kind of mark his territory to to the fiance. Yeah. Wow. Well, very, very interesting. I told you it wasn't, it wasn't an encounter like this, but remember I told you that one time where I was asleep on my couch and I wasn't sure if it was sleep paralysis or what, but I felt arms like hug around me and start pulling my torso up like into a sitting position. Oh, was that when you were home? Yeah. Yeah. It was probably, probably a year ago at this point. Yeah. I feel like I remember that. It is strange. Like it just, it's bizarre how versatile paranormal experiences are. Yeah. I know it's, I mean, it's unpredictable. Very. I'm very curious about psychic mediums. I'm, I feel like my curiosity is ever growing because I just want to know what they experience in terms of the actual communication with spirits around them. Like, I, I feel like I don't have like a good enough grip as to what actually is being either said or like mm. transferred knowledge wise to people who have this gift and I want to understand it more. Well, let's interview another psychic medium. I'm down. Let's do a whole series where we interview psychic mediums and then we collect all the data 
and never say anything about it. Sit on it and enjoy it. Just sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say write a book, but I was like, wow, oh, I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> I just want to enjoy the information. Yeah, I agree. I would also love to speak with David Politis. <gasps> Ooh. Maybe we'll, we'll try to... We'll try to reach out. Oh, that's a good idea. See what we can do over the next year. Mm-hmm. If we can get any more interviews on the books. That would be fun. Okay. I have a story from E. This is a long one. So hi, you two. I've been hooked on your podcast for a few months, bopping my way through encounters episodes during this pandemic. <laughs> no hate to the other episodes, but I scare very easily. So <laughs> any conspiracies or legends about skinwalkers, nightcrawlers, doppelgangers, or alien abductions will leave me jumping out of my leggings midday. No. <laughs> the leggings. Oh, God, that's so funny. <laughs> and being horrified at the sight of my sweet dog at night. No, thank oh. you. I've been sensitive my whole life and have plenty of stories, but no major, I saw a ghost encounters. So I didn't think of sending in a submission. However, I did remember that I worked at a very, very old house in my hometown and have some secondhand stories that I could recount. I also had a haunted chair, angel sightings, many signs from beyond. This might be a little lengthy, so strap in. I hope it's worth it. Let's start from the beginning. My mom was always sensitive and had this invisible friend as a kid, a little redheaded girl named Anna, who she now calls Anya. More on that later. She still remembers physically seeing and playing with this little girl in her room. My mom would ask my extremely pragmatic, no-nonsense grandparents if Anna could stay for dinner and was so embarrassed when they would answer, there's no one there. It's just an imaginary friend. Imaginary (laughs) friends do not eat dinner. My mom remembers thinking, why? Why would you say that? She's right here. How rude. My mom and her sisters were pseudo-military children since my grandfather was an engineer on the first nuclear submarine for the Navy. So they moved quite often. That's pretty. So cool. Pretty impressive. When it came time to move from this particular house where Anna visited, my mom had to say her goodbyes to her beloved friend. She's thought about Anna off and on since she was a kid and came to realize that she thinks Anna was an angel or spirit guide that she continues to communicate with, but is now named Anya. She thinks that her little five-year-old self couldn't say Anya, but Anna was easier. Then I came along. After I was born, my mom constantly saw angels or guides, spirits, relatives, question mark, around me. She would fall asleep in our rocking chair while feeding me at night and wake up in a still half-asleep but semi-lucid haze. More than often, she woke up to voices right in front of her. She distinctly remembers two bright, glowing white figures in front of her looking at me, saying to each other, She's so beautiful, isn't she? Or something to that effect. I have chills. This is so So, lovely. Yeah. I've been surrounded by light my whole life, and I can connect to the feeling almost any time I want. It's the most warm, comforting feeling, almost like a hug from a beloved relative that you haven't seen for a while. But a hug to your soul and your heart, and one that doesn't leave a smell of thick floral perfume from that one weird aunt with lipstick on her teeth. (laughs) That's totally going to be me. That's the description of me. (laughs) One day when I was still very young and could only speak in short sentences like, I want more milk, or whatever, my mom was changing my diaper one morning, and I would not take my eyes off the ceiling in the center of the room. My mom thought that it was the ceiling fan that I was entranced by, so she started talking to me, saying, What do you see up there? Do you like the fan? Isn't that neat? You know, things you say to a baby. I was smiling, not blinking, and wouldn't pay attention to my mom. 
Then out of the blue, clear as day, I said, look at the angel mommy. He's so handsome. Now listen, my mom and dad were in a failing marriage well before I was born. So it wasn't likely that my mom had ever said the word handsome in front of me. Sorry, dad. (laughs) It was also unlikely that she'd ever use the word angel in front of me. So she was astonished and still tells the story to anyone who will listen. Aww. Fast forward again to when I'm in high school. My best friend and I, we will call her Jay, lived in the same apartment building. It was a nicer complex and had one of those fancy trash compactors that was disguised as a decorated wall where people would leave perfectly good furniture out for others to snag that couldn't go in the compactor. We saw two cute chairs set out one day on our way home, and so Jay and I took them, one for each of us, to stick in our bedrooms. They were really cute wicker egg chairs that had four legs. Keep in mind, it's important for later. I rearranged my room to fit my cute new reading chair as Mm -hmm. I had deemed it. And within a few days, I just felt weird in my room. I don't remember when this all started, but I know that very soon after I got the chair, I started having really bizarre nights in my bed. I remember the night that it started. I was too scared to even move. Now, when I say I saw this thing, I don't mean I physically saw it. If I opened my eyes and looked around my room, it would look normal. I mean this in the way that when I tell you to close your eyes and picture your living room, you can see it in your mind's eye perfectly well. That's what it was like. You know your living room is there. And I knew this thing was next to my bed. I woke up out of a sound sleep that first night and this very tall pitch black shadow was standing next to my bed, staring down at me. (gasps) It had to have been eight feet tall, likely bending over because it would have touched the ceiling. It had tiny, blazing red eyes, and it was just staring at me. It had an energy to it. The reason I woke up was because I was twitching involuntarily. I've come to realize that this now happens to me when an energy near me is not vibing with my own. Weird, I know, but I don't know how else to explain it. It was as if I had a very small electrical shock every few seconds. I wasn't cold, I don't have epilepsy, and I don't usually shake or twitch from for any abnormal reason. I usually was able to go back to sleep just by forcing myself under the covers and shutting my eyes so tight until they hurt. But one night, it was so bad that I somehow worked up the courage to get up, run through the black shadow, and go to sleep with my mom across the apartment. After a few days, my mom knew something was wrong since I kept wanting to sleep with her. I was 15 or 16 at this point, and finally asked me one night what was up. I burst into tears and I told her what I was seeing, and her eyes were saucers and I knew that she was scared. She said that she'd felt something dark and negative around us. So she let me sleep with her when it got too scary and until we figured out what was in our apartment. Soon enough, we both started seeing shadows, light flashes, and having weird feelings on the reg. My mom saw a humanoid shadow walk from the bathroom to the bedroom out of the corner of her eye, and the whole apartment just felt icky. We would call it Cousin It because if we addressed it as the ghost or the shadow, it would appear. (gasps) No. I could tell you at any point where it was in the room with us. If I said, it's in that corner by the desk, it would dart somewhere else. It was as if it didn't want to be singled out. Most of the time, too, you could physically see that the corner it was in was slightly darker than the rest of the room. Maybe that was just a placebo effect since corners are traditionally, you know, darker, but I don't know. One night, my mom was in the shower and came running out, hair dripping wet, towel wrapped around her, eyes wide, and said, what? What was that? I had no clue what she was talking about. 
She said her door was hit so hard it swung open and bounced off of the bathtub. And she thought maybe it was our large and in charge cat demanding a second dinner or that maybe (laughs) I was playing a prank on her. So she came rushing out only to find me on the couch, headphones in, under a blanket, with the cat asleep in my lap. We never found a reason for it, but whatever it was got our attention. Jeez. A few more weeks passed and I rearranged my room again, as you do when you're 16, and decided that there wasn't any more space for the chair. My mom put it in the corner of her room, and that night, she said she felt the chair was staring at her. I slept like a baby that night in my own room, and almost immediately, we realized the connection between the chair and these encounters. Mm -hmm. We mentioned this potentially haunted chair to my cousin, a loud nonsense dude who lived with his then-girlfriend, now-wife, and he said, haunted chair? Ha! Yeah. Okay. Let's see what happens. A few weeks later, we had dinner with them at my aunt's house. He came in laughing and said, what the fuck did you give me? Oh. My cousin worked a night inventory job at the time, and he had to wake up at some ungodly hour, like 2, 3, 4 a.m. He said that he woke up more than once to the chair rocking. <gasps> Remember when I said the chair had four legs? It's not a rocking chair. Oh. But he saw it rocking. As soon as he looked at it, the rocking would stop. He didn't care, and he thought it was hilarious and creepy AF. He and his girlfriend also noticed that the creaky stair, you know, the one stair that only creaks when it's stepped on, would creak at night as if someone was walking up and down the stairs. They eventually gave the haunted chair away to a friend, and I still wonder what happened to it. The other matching chair that my friend Jay took? Absolutely nothing. Whoa. (laughs) So after all of these experiences with the damn chair and cousin it, we started having more experiences as psychic mediums. I started having premonitory dreams, flashes of future events, and being able to communicate with the other side. My grandmother suffered from Alzheimer's, or something similar at least, and had a really slow, horrible decline. She was non-communicative for years but her body finally before her body finally gave out and truly just kept hanging on to the point that we were all like, come on, grandma, just go already. Hmm. And when we were visiting her at the memory care facility one day, I bent down to give her a kiss on the cheek and said quietly, but out loud, bye grandma, I love you. I'm so sorry you're stuck in there and I wish I could talk to you. I heard her voice in my head say, I know, honey, and it's okay. I'm not in there anymore. I dropped my purse. I almost fell over, looked at my mom and said, mom, grandma, just talk to me. My mom was like, um, What? And we explained what happened and all of the recent experiences to our psychic medium friend. And she looked at us like we were so stupid. She said, you, you're both mediums, right? I won't go into other psychic slash mediumship stories right now because I know this email is already so long, but my mom continues to give past life regressions and readings regularly. Okay. I've fallen out of it, but I'm still quite sensitive. Maybe I'll write a separate email on those experiences later. Yes. Yes, please. Should we do a psychic reading with both of them? I think so, if they're willing. Do a past life regression with her mom. But now to the talking walls story. And then oh. I promise I'm done. <laughs> in high school, I volunteered as a Torah docent at a historical homestead in Florida. It was built in 1854 by the 56 slaves of a man and his wife, Thomas and Serena Hale who moved from South Carolina to Gainesville, Florida. And I don't remember why they moved out, but I think it had something to do with Thomas's job as a defense attorney. The Hale homestead was used as a party house for most of its prime years. The Hales would have big parties with their friends where they would have this chamber orchestra in the chamber room, drinks in the parlor, and with their 14, yes, 14 kids upstairs in their beds. 
This was notoriously a very sweet family, and Serena had the reputation of being a stern but loving woman. And they had 15 kids, 14 who lived to adulthood. Wow. Which says a lot, considering that at the time, a simple fever could kill an adult, let alone a child. The house has a nursery, kitchen, dining room, master bedroom, and a sick room for quarantining sick children or slaves. Upstairs was the boys' dorm on one side and the girls' dorm on the other. Up to 10 kids at a time would sleep in the rooms. The house was left empty from the early 1930s until the mid-70s, still owned by the family. It was rediscovered by a movie producer who filmed the movie Gal Young-un at the homestead, and it was restored in 1996. During the restoration, it was revealed that in its heyday, partygoers would write on the walls instead of on paper. Whoa. It's unknown why they used the walls instead of paper, but it could have either been due to the lack of supply or to save money. The reason is lost to history, but there are over 12,000 words written all over the walls of this entire house. These pencil writings include inside jokes, guest lists, kids' scribbles, dates of the parties, recipes, drunken comments, elaborate sketches, and even Serena Hale's menstrual cycle on the inside of her closet. She was pregnant at least 15 times, so it was a pretty short list. (laughs) When you walk into this house, it was such a warm, bright energy, and our tours were never very crowded. We usually had one, maybe two tours at the same time, and these would range in size from two to six people. Because of protecting the integrity of the walls and the historic items throughout the house, people weren't often allowed to wander around on their own. When we were on the tours, we would be sitting on the covered front porch waiting for the next group to wander up. Many people heard music coming from the chamber room. People chattering, doors closing, footsteps, women's voices, kids laughing, and the most common report was one that was a little concerning. Many, many people said that they saw a young woman in a girl's room leaning against the wall with her head in her hands. She never spoke to anyone or did anything except stand there. And I never heard much myself, although I did hear a disembodied sneeze once. My tour partner had gone to the restroom and I heard a sneeze in the backyard area and she didn't hear the sneeze and I swore it wasn't her. You can still tour this house and I do believe, if not haunted with nice ghosts, then highly energetically imprinted. A sweet story, a lovely family, and a real interesting talking wall house is enough to take a trip to Gainesville, Florida to visit the homestead. That's all I have for today, my ghostly ladies. Thanks for reading this, and I can't wait to hear more Encounters episodes. Best wishes, stay safe, and warm angel hugs, E. Wow. I feel like there needs to be a correction to this very beginning intro to E's story, because E wrote, but I had no major I saw a ghost encounters. Yeah, there's plenty here. Yeah, I feel like a handful at least. I'm very curious about this house specifically at the end, and I want to look it up because there were a lot of slaves that were kept there. And so I'm curious about Mm. the history of the slaves and if there's any hauntings there or if really just all of the energy that was imprinted onto this home or or the spirits that still reside are just the party goers. I'm sorry. I'm just still very stuck on the chair (laughs) Mm -hmm. because- How horrifying. Yeah. A giant shadow person like hunched over with glowing red eyes and obviously had some strength to it because not only was it rocking a chair that had four legs, so basically it was just pushing it back and forth with its hand, presumably. But also I am making the assumption that that spirit was, or entity or whatever it was, was directly responsible for that huge crash, that powerful bang and flinging of the door while her mom was in the shower. Yes, yes. 
And just like all of the activity that happened to them while they were sleeping and like the shadow Mm -hmm. creeping, it was ominous for sure. And the fact that the cousin now has the chair or or, got rid of it, but like like, took it and was like, no big deal. Actually, I kind of like this spirit. I'm concerned. I know that's... pretty wild i'm very curious about the cat like did the cat ever act Mm. bizarre during that period of of having the chair in her room when she was 16 i don't know i know my cat's acting bizarre right now but i know they is very active right now yeah maybe she's seeing one of your angels just like how E's mom had anna slash anya or anna slash anna i don't know which one it was which pronunciation but I think that's really interesting, too. This imaginary friend that possibly was just a a spirit guide, a guardian that was presenting itself in the form that her mom needed when she was a little kid, like a a fellow. Like they grew up together, which is so cool. And then the fact that E, as a baby, was able to articulate certain words that had never been spoken Mm -hmm. to her before and provide a description of this angel above her. And also the white beings that her mom saw in front of her bed, in front of her crib, being like, she's so beautiful. Oh, it gives me chills. Which is just like, it it makes me think that they're both so, they have such good energy. I I mean, like Mm -hmm. the fact that her her, or E's friend even mentioned, like you guys both know you're psychics, right? Like I feel like they could really tap in if they needed to. Yeah. Maybe they have. E, you have to send us all your other stories. Right. It sounds like her mom is very actively yeah, in tune yeah. and practicing. But Wow. That's so many stories. E, you have a book's worth. Write a novel. Write a novel. Yeah. Called I, I've Never Seen Any Real ghost, Ghosty Things and then just have Chapter 24, The Haunted Chair. It's like, no, you've seen plenty. You've seen plenty. I have a story from Taylor that is called... The inherited Ouija board that found me. Greetings, ghouls, ghosts, and kitty. My name is Taylor, and I had written you girls the story about the protective spirit that became overactive when I got to 1920s typewriter for my anniversary. So, to keep this as short as I can, because I love to talk paranormal, let's begin. I had mentioned in my previous story that my husband is not big into paranormal things and would much rather not discuss it at all, which will come into play later. So my grandparents are moving houses very soon after living where they currently do for more than 48 years. With 48 years comes quite a few family heirlooms and memories kept in storage above the garage. My mother and I went over to my grandmother's at their request to get some things to keep and take home. As I was going through totes, my sneaky mother decides to slip in a Ouija board under some of the other delicate glassware so I wouldn't see it until I got home. Maybe as some form of a joke... I don't know, lol. Anywho, she has always known about my sensitivity to the paranormal, and as a kid was the parent who just told me I was imagining it until she confessed my dad had some abilities too. Two months ago. Like hearing and being touched by a spirit that we believe to be a playful child or prankster grandpa who we so graciously named Charlie. Or even seeing my great-grandma watching over my mom while she sleeps. But back to the story. I got home and I start unpacking these treasures out of the cardboard boxes and put some up for display or put them in totes as they are seasonal decorations. Then I see the board. What the fuck? Eye to eye with this infamous spirit board that Corinne and Sabrina specifically advise against using and after hearing many bone-chilling, goosebump-tingling tales about this board in my house, oh hell no. 
It is boxed up, so I decided to set it in our pantry closet on a shelf higher up and just leave it be. I then called my mom and asked her what the heck she was thinking, and she said that she had never had a negative experience with it and said she thought maybe I could ask a few questions to the spirits in my home. A few days later, my husband came home from work and gave me a bear hug, as we do every day, and then grabbed my shoulders and asked me, what in the hell are you thinking having a Ouija board in here? Uh Uh-oh, busted. I told him I needed to research ways to properly get rid of it. Now, on to the paranormal activity that has occurred since having it. Oh yeah, without ever opening the damn thing. Lucky me. Oh man. One day, I was home alone with my dog and my husband's best friend's dog, And keep in mind, all doors and windows were locked up tight. No one was there. And this is my first time alone while dog sitting the specific dog. So I have my phone with me and I'm watching YouTube videos and I set it on the bathroom counter so I can go pee. I pause the video, close the door and tinkle. When midstream, I hear a woman say, well, hello there, pretty girl. You and your friends are so sweet. It's nice to meet you. Excuse the F out of me. What? I had no TV on, I had just paused my phone, and I tried to debunk this. I rewound the YouTube video and watched a few minutes pass just in case a weird phone glitch happened, and nope, nothing. It's important to note that both dogs are female, so I have no idea who came home with me and the Ouija board, but hopefully she finds herself at ease in my vintage-style office slash spare room. Remember, hear something, sage something, lol. Thank you, girls, for building a beautiful paranormal family for believers to come to from across the globe and beyond. I binged y'all from episode one. Much love to you, girls. See you on the other side. P.S. This week, I also plan on writing a story about how my grandpa knew that my mom was pregnant with a little boy before she even knew she was pregnant after years of trying. Did he know that his traveling soulmate was on their way into this world? Stay tuned to find out. LOL. (laughs) Taylor. I love the teaser. (laughs) Stay tuned. Wow. Oh my goodness. Honestly, I kind of like this spirit that's like, hey ladies, I love you here. That's the best case scenario to come out of this unopened Ouija board. It is definitely unsettling. Just granted that she's like, as we've said, mid P is probably the worst (laughs) time to be, to experience something paranormal, like pants down, but it does sound pleasant. I know because you're trapped. (laughs) You're trapped. In that moment, which always makes me wonder, like, I'm always thinking about the the spirit's thought process. Are they thinking like, oh, they'll, they'll feel okay right now because they're just, you know, they're sitting down or, or just <laughs> something. I don't know. Or maybe with like not in the bathroom was right outside of it that, that maybe she was just fixing herself. I don't know. I don't I'm know. I'm always trying to make it seem like it's not a bathroom barge in. Maybe the extra stream of not water, but pee gave her the energy. <laughs> Don't they say that like water and it is conductive to True. paranormal? Yeah. She came through your pee. She came through your pee. <laughs> just never pee again if you don't want to see a spirit. Or what if she was just like, she just saw her peeing and she was like, oh, I remember when I was alive and I peed and was just like, this is my moment to introduce I myself. I miss it. And any time there were to introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> she did forget the time that she was human when... Peeing is a private thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was just blinded by the excitement of the stream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was she was polite. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet. Pretty girl. Yeah. Pretty girl. And maybe the dogs were okay with her, so. Yeah. I'm curious about her dad. All of her dad's 
capabilities, though. Yeah, and I know. Also, she said her dad had capabilities, but then also said that her grandpa knew her mom was pregnant before her mom did. So maybe it's this paternal familial line mm. that they have going on. I am curious. I, I Yeah, I want to know more about that story. I love stories like that. I just love all ghost stories. I know. Me too. Okay, I have one for you called, I'm not scared, says my three-year-old nephew to the empty hallway. Oh, this is from Morgan. Hello, ladies and Leah. I love, love, love the podcast, and I always listen on my commute to and from work. This is a sort of long one, so I apologize in advance. My grandmother's house has always felt haunted to me. I've always had dreams about it and could never sleep there alone when I would stay the night. I'm 26 now, and I still feel uneasy there sometimes. Things have happened like a giant four-foot-long mirror falling off of the countertop in the bathroom, but nothing on the counter was moved or knocked over, and the mirror was completely flipped against the wall across from the counter, something literally physically impossible. The mirror had been there for years, and it would have taken at least two strong men to even lift it over the counter or move it. But the thing that intrigued me most happened recently with my three-year-old nephew. When you are in my grandmother's kitchen, standing in front of the refrigerator, you can look to your left down the hallway leading to the bedrooms with the bathroom at the end of it. Think an L shape with the top part of the L being the kitchen and hallway and the bottom of the L having the bathroom and bedroom. The left side of the hallway is a wall full of pictures with no doors on it. The other side of that same wall is a closet. I know this is confusing, but bear with me. (laughs) My dad was babysitting my nephew and they were at my grandmother's house. My nephew was in the kitchen being really quiet, which was strange, so my dad went to check on him. My nephew was standing in front of the refrigerator, staring down the hallway towards the bathroom. My dad said, Zane, what are you staring at? And Zane, with his little speech impediment, said, the old man. My dad said, what old man? And he was getting nervous at this point. Zane Mm -hmm. said, that one, he's right there, and pointed towards the bathroom at the end of the hall. Oh my god! My dad started walking down the hallway and obviously did not see an old man. And when my dad was about halfway down the hall, my nephew said, I'm not scared in a very matter of fact way, as if somebody had said, don't be scared. But my dad had not said anything at all. At this point, Zane hasn't moved from in front of the refrigerator. And my dad is in the hallway and he asks, where's the old man, Zane? And my nephew says, he went through the door. And then my three-year-old nephew proceeds to walk over to the solid wall with the photos on it and start pushing on it and says, it won't open. Oh, My dad was thoroughly freaked. Ooh. And after this, we took Zane around to the pictures of my grandfather who'd passed away when I was 10 and asked if this was the old man. And he said, no. But then when we showed him our great uncle and asked if this was the old man, again, Zane said, no. Lastly, we showed him a photo of my great grandfather and he said, that's the old man. Oh, my mom said that before my great grandpa died, he said, Look after those children, talking about his grandkids. So my theory is that my great-grandfather is hanging around, making sure that all of his great-great-grandkids are doing okay, and maybe he just really hated the mirror in the bathroom? I don't know. (laughs) I have so many more ghost stories from growing up in that house that my mother from growing up in a house that my mother found bones in the ceiling of when she was young. What? And she just tucked them back in and never investigated. (gasps) So I'll send some of those in soon. Thank you, ladies, for helping us ghostly gals not feel so alone in life. Much love, Morgan. Bones. Bones. Just like, oh, let me just tuck these back in. Pretend I didn't see this. Oh, my gosh. What if it was a serial killer's lair? Oh, I hope it was just like, I don't know. A raccoon or something. <laughs> Got caught, stuck in the wall. 
<sighs> and now I regret my recording choice because normally I have something at my back, but I'm just so open oh, right now. You're very open, but I am looking at you. I just imagine like your pots and pans start swinging from that rack up there. Uh, like what, what am I going to do? I'm going to fling my body from the second story out the window <laughs> onto the ground because I can't I don't this. know that you should do that. I think you're braver Good than thing that, I'm moving. So. I think you could be as brave as Zane and say, I'm not scared. I know. Zane's like, I'm not scared. <laughs> as if someone's like, don't be scared. And he's like, I'm not scared. <laughs> I love this story only because it has a happy ending. Whereas if it was just left like up in the air and no one really knew who he had seen, it would have been way more creepy. But like, I love that the whole family was like, okay, let's show Zane every single photo of our deceased family members. And then finally, he identified the ghost. Yeah. And he must have had a very clear picture of this ghost. And so for him to say like yes or no to certain people, I think that's very impressive. I mean, he must have been communicating with him for a while for the whole family to notice that Zane was being quiet and that was abnormal, you know? I know. The man, the man in the hallway. Maybe Zane had seen him previously. I'm wondering too, if when this great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, whoever it was, went into the wall, into the doorway that Mm -hmm. Zane could not access, I'm wondering if there was some renovation in the past Mm. where to someone on the other plane, they'd be able to access it. Or right. if his picture was right there and he was like absorbed back into <gasps> his Walking photo. into his photo. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. I want to absorb into my photos. <gasps> I'm going to print photos of me everywhere in the world so I can trans- transport everywhere. That's basically the premise of the movie Looper, where you have to hold up like postcards or a picture of a place oh. and then you can just transport yourself there. Okay. Well, that's cool. I want to do that too. What if you did it, but you had... Like the the reverse where you planted pictures of yourself everywhere. And instead of you being able to go, it was just whoever grabbed your picture was suddenly transported to you and you just always had random people popping up. That would be a little bit much for me. It's the opposite of what you're used to. When you say people don't notice you, people, you're invisible. Now it's just going to be like everybody's always up in your business. Or they come and they don't see me because I'm invisible and a ghost. Or they intrude my personal space, which is something I do not like. I like my alone time. I know. That would be actually a bit of a horror movie to to think about someone popping into your space, not being able to see you, and then taking over your space, like actively <gasps> choosing to stay. And then you're just Ooh. helpless in your space. Scary. Okay. This is a story from Allie, and it's called, I work at a haunted candy shop. Hello, ladies. My name is Allie. I'm a chocolatier in Ooh. a candy store that was built in the 1930s. Almost everyone that works there has a couple different experiences from the resident spirit that we believe is the original owner, Billy, including cigar smells in random places, an overall feeling of being watched, and two people have even seen a full-bodied apparition of him. I'll tell you two short experiences of mine for today. As a little backstory, we have a radio throughout the whole place, and there's a button on it that will turn the music off for about 10 seconds to let the people in the back know that they need to help out in the store. One day, I was in the back of the store and all alone, and my boss had just left to go grab something. I was working, and all of a sudden, the button goes off. I think, oh, it's probably just my boss coming in from the side door, and he pressed it to let me know he's back. Between where I am and the store, there's a hallway perpendicular to me. So I turn to look to see if my boss is back, and I see a very distinct ankle and a foot disappear behind the wall, as if someone walked into the hallway and I just caught the last of them disappear. 
It was so solid and black. My initial thought was that an actual cat had gotten in somehow. I froze and I immediately tried to recreate it by staring at the lights and quickly turning my head to see if it was just my eyes playing tricks on me. But there was no denying that it was a solid shape of a foot. Probably just Billy checking to make sure I was actually working. Needless to say, I sat with my back against the wall until my boss returned. My other experience happened with a coworker. We were working and again, that button was pressed by someone so the music turned off. At that time, it was just my coworker, my boss, and I working. We went to go to my boss to see what's up, and he told us he didn't press the button. Then, jokingly, he said, why don't you go stand next to the radio? I'm sure Billy was there messing with you. So we went over to the radio, and my coworker and I both smelt distinct cigar smoke directly in front of the radio. Nowhere else in the room. Just there. And in about two seconds, the smell was completely gone. Thanks for listening and keep up the great work. And let me know if you guys are ever craving candy. It's all handmade by me, Allie. <gasps> Allie! <gasps> oh, oh my what? gosh. I mean, I picked yes. this story because I'm clearly craving candy. Give us the candy. We need. We need. Wow. <laughs> We're literally kids in a candy store. We're like, candy? Our eyes lit up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is what happens when you're an adult and you are suddenly trying to self-deprive <laughs> sugar. And someone Give offers it. it to you and you're like, yes, We become demons. Give us candy. This is cool. I'm blinded. I'm blinded because <laughs> all I can think about is candy now. So I'm like, what was this email about? I think I'm getting candy. It's a candy store. So let's just talk about candy. No, I am curious what the history of the store is. And I want to know like the name of it. So Allie, tell us offline and we will look into it because Billy's the original owner. Was he the original owner of the candy shop mm. or just of like the store? It's what I'm curious about. It's so spooky, the the like ankle foot disappearing and mm-hmm. the, the backdrop. Yeah, it's one of those things that when it happens, you're like, did I just see a ghost or is my mind just playing a trick on itself? Was that actually someone? Yeah. Like, it's just hard to make sense of what you just saw, but it's proof right there. I'm also, the way that I'm viewing the way that the layout of the store is, is that someone or something turned the button off for the music. And then mm-hmm. when she turned to look, this entity was leaving the hallway, which makes me think that it was in the room with her, yeah. like watching her reaction. <gasps> oh, <laughs> so creepy to think about that. I mean, I guess that's I don't know why it hasn't really registered in my mind until you just said that. But it's even creepier to think that pretty much every paranormal experience you have means that something is in the room with you. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that is really unsettling. Yeah, you're right there. Oh. Like body to body. How big is this space? Probably not very big. But at least it's Billy. They know Billy. Or they think it's Billy. It seems friendly. Billy seems fine. Billy seems cool. I don't know why Billy is a name <laughs> that's scaring me right now. My dad's, that's my dad's like name. That, like All of his family call, call him Billy. But for some reason, I'm like, Billy's the scariest name. It's literally my dad's name. That's your dad's name. <laughs> I think because I think now of Stranger Things and Billy mm. and Stranger Things. And he's got this whole arc and he can be very scary. <laughs> All right. I have one for us to end on. This is sad, but sweet. And it is from our listener, Brittany. Hey, chicas. For starters, I have to say that I am absolutely in love with your podcast. You both accompany me for my long commutes to and from work. I can't even remember the last time I listened to music since I've discovered your podcast. Aww. So thanks for being awesome. I hope you enjoy my story. It's more of a sweet, heartfelt one than a spooky story. When I was 21, my mom passed away from cardiac arrest, secondary to stage four gastric cancer. We were extremely close and our thing had always been music. 
Every time we found a song that we loved, we immediately would share it with one another. In the weeks leading up to her passing, my mom kept sending me one particular song and requested that I listen. It was the final weeks in nursing school and I was so busy, I'd not been able to listen to it. A week later, my mom passed and with much sadness and guilt, I finally listened. The song was called Cardiac Arrest by Bad Sons. It was as if my mom was trying to prepare me for what was going to happen. This song is still so near and dear to me. It was the last song my mom ever shared with me, and so I still listen to it regularly. Fast forward seven years, I received a phone call from my dad, and he says, I have the weirdest story to tell you. The day prior, my stepmom, who I'm extremely close to, lost her beloved exotic short-haired cat named Owen. My dad and stepmom live in a small lake town, and in this town, there is a pet cemetery of sorts that is right off the golf course. As they were laying Owen to rest, there were two women golfing nearby. They had their stereo blaring music, and apparently, the three songs that had played at my mom's funeral started to play one by one in the exact order in which they were played at the funeral. My dad was so completely freaked out, and he said, it was like your mom was there with us. Like I said, music was her thing, and I believe that she was there, comforting them through the loss of their beloved pet. (laughs) I hope you enjoy my story. I'll see you on the other side. With love, Brittany. Wow. Oh, that is really heartwarming. Music is powerful, and the messaging that can be Mm -hmm. given through music from the other side, I feel like that's a a really amazing way to prepare your loved ones, to express your feelings, to show that you're there and that you still are watching over them. And I feel like Brittany's mom has nailed it. Like she's- It's her thing. Music's her thing. Executing on it perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're recognizing the signs, right? Like it's not just like, oh, I recognize this song. It's very pointed. It's very deliberate. Right. And like for all three songs to play in the exact same order right after one another- from mm-hmm. this, like, these random passerbys is right. too coincidental. At the exact moment that they're... Yeah, burying their cat. I also wonder if, Brittany, if you ever hear the song Cardiac Arrest play at random times when, like, you're thinking about your mom or you need her the most. I'm curious because I feel like that's something we've heard a lot about music and the paranormal. I don't think I've ever heard the song. Now I'm tempted. I'm going to look it up and listen okay. to it. Me too, actually. I know. I, I am curious what other signs you get from from the music, but I'm so glad that, Brittany, that your mom has has a few songs that she can share and make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, when these songs come on, it's her speaking. You know, she's watching. And she's there. She's supporting even through the, the death of a, of a pet. Like, she's just there for all of the moments. So I know. I love that. Oh, see, the paranormal's not always so scary. It could be heartwarming. No. And that's why we really like when you guys send us your emails and your experiences mm-hmm. because it's they're all over. Like anything from this sort of story to alien abductions to freaky deaky with ghosts. <laughs> just all of it. We want to hear it because it's all just so fascinating. So fascinating. So email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And uh, join our pyramid scheme. Tell all your friends about our podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And soon, maybe TikTok will have videos. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Tag us at least in the creepy TikToks because we'll watch. Oh, that's a great idea. Join us on Facebook. Rate and review us. Rate and review us. I can't believe I saved that for last. I know. Who am I? We're just switching it up. And also, thank you to Brooke and Eric from Upfire Digital. Thank you so much for going through and editing our podcast and making us sound a whole lot better than than we do in the original (laughs) cut. So appreciate it. 
And also thank you to our Patreon Patreon donors. Ooh, Leia's saying thank you too. Leia's saying thank you as well. And we will <laughs> play. Oh, Leia. See you on the <laughs> other oh, side. side. <laughs> that was that. <laughs>